God bless you. Welcome to Fruit of the Vine Ministries. My name is John Davison. I am so excited to have you listening to this today because we are in a very important subject right now, discussing what it looks like not only to have fellowship and relationship with the Holy Spirit, but how to cooperate and submit yourself, how to abide in Christ as the vine, as Jesus told us in John chapter 15, now that we're born again, and, and how to allow, how to permit, how to submit ourselves in such a way to the Holy Spirit that we would produce what Galatians chapter 5 calls the fruit of the Spirit, so the manifestation of the Spirit. The only way that we can really produce the fruit of the Spirit is for us to abide in the one who produces that fruit. And what I mean by that is, is that if we are not living our lives in fellowship with Jesus Christ as born-again followers of Jesus, we've been washed by his blood, we've been resurrected to newness of life, old things pass away, everything's become new, if we're in fellowship with him, as we walk in the light, as he in the light, then, then we will have fellowship with God. We will have fellowship with the Lord. And in that fellowship, in that communing back and forth with the Lord, kind of like Jacob with the angels ascending and descending upon him, in that, in that constant flow with heaven in relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords, with God as our Father and us being his children, we can have an amazing time resting in him, enjoying life with him, even in the midst of persecutions and trials, as the New Testament tells us, as you know, Paul and Peter and even all the New Testament church, I mean, they dealt with persecutions. And even in the midst of all the persecutions, even in the midst of all the instabilities of life in the world around us, there was an inside strengthening that was taking place, which is what Paul said that he prayed the Ephesians church would have, which is a strengthening in their inner man, so that they would be rooted and grounded in love, that they would know the heights and the depths and the widths and the love of God, which passes all understanding, that we would be rooted and grounded in his love, regardless of what's going on around us. And I, I realize, listen, the world right now, the world right now is in a lot of turmoil. You know, at the time that this is, is being broadcasted, you know, we are going through a worldwide pandemic where a virus has been released across the globe and, you know, people are trying to respond to this. And so I really felt the Holy Spirit move upon me and say, listen, you know, about four or five years ago, you, know, you did a study on the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, and you released those teachings, and it's time to do an update on those. And so that's where we are right now. We are in episode four of the fruit of the Spirit series. And so if you've not gone back and started at the beginning. There's a, a foundation which has been laid there, which is extremely important to grasp as you move into episode four here on patience, where we discuss love and joy and peace. Because none of the fruit of the Spirit are an island unto themselves. None of these fruit can be made manifest just by themselves or unto themselves while neglecting the others. So you're not going to have peace unless you have love. You're, you're not going to have love unless you're resting in the Prince of Peace. You're not going to have joy unless you're functioning in the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. So the kingdom is not righteousness by itself. It's not peace by itself. It's not joy by itself. But Romans 14, 17 tells us very clearly that the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's the same cluster that we see in Galatians chapter 5 when it pertains to the fruit of the Spirit, that all the fruit of the Spirit work together 
they're not disjointed, but they all come together and they function as one another. And so even as we look at, oh, I don't know, let's say 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. You know, the love chapter talks about love is patient and kind. It, it doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It doesn't flaunt itself. It keeps no record of wrongs. It, 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 it is full of all of these attributes which makes up what love is. And in today's society, we really kind of misuse and mislabel these terms. And we isolate one thing and say, oh, that was loving or, oh, that was love. When in reality, it was just a piece of a bigger understanding of what love actually is. Because God is love. And he, in and of himself, is not apart from himself. He's, he's, he's not segregating sections of himself. He is God because he is love. And encompassed in his love is all of those things which make up who he is. And so if we're going to be, like John tells us, that as Christ is, so are we in this world. And we are to walk in his love and remain in his love and walk in the Spirit as, as he is walking and living and how Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit, then we have to be complete. We have to be complete in our approach to what we pursue and how we live in Christ. Not isolating specific passages, not pulling things out of context, not just looking for what confirms our life, but looking to see what Jesus' life was like and then submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit that we could be transformed from glory to glory and that as we look and behold in a mirror, we would, we would see Jesus coming forth and his attributes, his fruits growing in our lives. And so that brings us to episode four, which is what we're in right now on patience. Patience is, is really, um, it's really a, a, a lacking substance in society today. People are fast with everything. They want everything now. They want everything quick. They, you know, it, we, we live in such a society where, you know, if, if I don't get in and out of the drive-thru within X amount of minutes, then it's everybody else's fault. You know, those people should have gone faster. Those employees should have gone quicker. When in reality, as believers, the Lord calls us to be the patient ones. The Lord calls us to be the ones who can extend grace and mercy in the midst of maybe something that's uncomfortable, right? Maybe maybe we're in a scenario and we really want to be patient, but we're kind of like, you know, you're kind of going through these things. Well, he deals with that in Galatians chapter 5 and tells us how to overcome these things and walk in the fruit of the Spirit. So I want to read Galatians 5 verse 16. We're going to go through the revealing or the natural pointers, if you will, as to what the flesh manifest versus what the spirit manifests and then you'll see the contrast between the two and then we're going to go into the greek word on on patience here because that will help us to unfold some really deeper understandings of what patience truly is versus what maybe we think it is a lot of people think patience is a specific thing or a specific action and so we'll we'll dive into that here in just a moment galatians chapter 5 verse 16 so i say then live by the spirit right so the emphasis here is to live in the spirit to live from your spirit man Right, Not outside in, but from inside out. So he starts out, live by the Spirit and you will not, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So that's really, I mean, the, the whole emphasis that Paul is telling the Galatians here is, look, if you'll walk in the Holy Spirit, if you'll fellowship with the Holy Spirit, if you'll stay in communion with the Holy Spirit, communing with the Spirit, he uses in other passages, 
that you won't desire or you won't even give into, right, the things of the flesh because you'll be so overwhelmed with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside of you that you'll be sensitive to him. So I say then live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. Now, that term sinful nature really gets abused in the church today and it's really used more as an excuse for people to live in sin than as uh, an opportunity for us to recognize that, that the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit is saying through Paul in these passages is that we can actually overcome our humanity. And that's what he's talking about here in the sinful nature. He's talking about your humanity, your human aspects, your, your body, your, your, your tangible being in this reality and in this realm, your sinful nature, your, your normal, natural human instincts. He's saying, listen, if you're living by those, you're going to try to please those things. But if you're living from the spirit, you're going to live from a point where you're going to want to please the spirit. You're going to want to please Christ in you and you're not going to want to quench the spirit. And you're not going to want to grieve the Spirit. And both of those languages are used. You can see those in the scriptures below here that uh, are mentioned on the screen, if you're watching this on the screen. So he says this in verse, uh, verse 17. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. And they are in conflict with one another, so that you do not do what you want to do. But if you are led... By the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature, the acts, the attributes, the, the manifestation of the, the reality of the movement of life in that kind of a mindset, he says the acts of the sinful nature is, are obvious. They include sexual immorality, being immoral with your body, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred, hatred, jealousy, discord, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Anything like it. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what did we say the kingdom of God was in Romans 14, 17? The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. So how will you have righteousness? How will you have right standing with the Lord? How will you have peace? And how will you have joy if you're living for yourself, if you're living in any of these things, the drunkenness, envy, debauchery, hatred, malice, you know, discord, idolatry, witchcraft, all these things he's talking about. He's saying, listen, if you function in these things, you're not going to experience the kingdom of God. It's quite interesting to me that Jesus actually makes the statement. He says, you don't have to go here or there for the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. So if you're born again, you have righteousness, peace, and joy stored inside of you. But you'll never function in that. You'll never function in the Holy Spirit because these are all fruit of the Spirit. You'll never function in the Spirit if you're so carnally minded and mindful of the world around you and mindful of your own personal pursuits and desires more than being about God's business and the kingdom. That's why many people are frustrated. You know that? Many, maybe even you listening to this, you're frustrated. You're going through all kinds of stuff. You're, you're, you're not in a place of peace and you're not in a place of patience. You're not in a place of joy because you're being so mindful of what's happening around you. 
you're, you're, you're inundated with the news, with the fear of what the world is trying to put on people right now. And because of that, you're giving into listening to the accuser of the brethren, the one who is trying to kill, steal, and destroy, the one who, who enjoys destroying and dismantling the nations and who wants to corrupt and break down the normalcies of, of God's normal creation. For example, even a husband and a wife or a father and a mother, you know, getting, getting a home fatherless is a, is a goal of the enemy. Getting a, getting a home separated in divorce is a goal of the enemy. You know, having fathers and mothers and children and people, that's all a goal of the enemy, fighting with one another. To have family continually fighting with each other, that's the enemy. God does not desire for us to be separated. He doesn't desire for us to fight one another. He wants one of us to, to lay down our lives for each other and love each other. And so many of us aren't experiencing the peace of God which passes all understanding because of the fact that we're so mindful of our own pursuits and desires. And we would rather argue and fight with people than come to a place of understanding. That doesn't mean everybody's going to understand. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be nice. It doesn't mean that, that you're going to have great conversations all the time. But it does mean that in the midst of all of those things, you can have, you can experience, you can reveal to the world the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And, and again, that whole idea of living by the Spirit is really life is flowing. You have, a, you have rivers of living water coming out of you abundantly because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, and, and, and all the things that God is putting in you through the kingdom of God will allow you to manifest these fruits because you're staying in the vine. You're resting in the vine and you're fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost. So we talked about in the previous broadcast, love, joy, peace, and today we're going to discuss patience a little bit further. So this word patience in the Greek is markrothameo, markrothameo, and it literally means long-suffering. Isn't that interesting? So rather than the common translation of patience, if you look at some of the, the, the more recent understandings of Greek, it's long suffering. And I want to read to you, I want to read to you this, this uh, definition here. This is uh, W.E. Vine's Expositor's Dictionary of New Testament Words. And it says this, under, uh, under Markrothameo, uh, it says, long-suffering is that quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation, which does not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. It is the opposite of anger and is associated with mercy. Patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. It is the opposite of despondency and is associated with hope. So, it's a quality of restraining yourself under situations that are uncomfortable. 
I want to read to you what Dr. Lester Summerall wrote about long-suffering in his Fruit of the Spirit series. He said, long-suffering is that quality which enables a person to bear adversity, injury, and reproach, and makes him patient to wait for the improvement of those who have done him wrong. I, I really enjoyed that. Dr. Summerall really nailed that right on the head. Because patience is always going to come in a place where you're, you're always going to need patience in a place where there's other people involved, right? These things aren't isolated. It's not like you're just in a closet somewhere and you're like, I got to be patient. Usually, in most cases, this is what you're going to, to, to need and to manifest because you're in relationship and, and there's people around you. You're in community. You're, you're in the church. You're in the world. You're in a job. You know, you, you, you have everyday people that you function with, whether it's, you know, maybe somebody at the bank or somebody at the grocery store, somebody at the gas station. You know, maybe it's somebody at work or somebody that sits next to you on a common basis. Maybe you carpool and there's just that one person. Maybe it's a family or a friend, you know, that just always seems to come around and they just, they're just awkward, you know. And in the midst of that, he's saying, listen, patience is always looking for the opportunity for the person who's causing the issue to come to a place of full restoration, to come to improvement. And so you're not batting them over the head. You're not beating them up. You're not, you're not trying to force people to do things. You're simply stating, look, I'm just going to wait here, and my hope is that you'll be okay. My hope is that you'll do better. We see this really playing out in Second Peter chapter 3 when it comes to the attributes of the Father. So Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Rather, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance, right? So if we look at Dr. Summerall's um, explanation there, or his you know, definition, and we read this Second Peter passage, we see that the heart of the Father is that, look, he's, he's, he's not in a hurry to judge everybody. He's not in a hurry to condemn the world. That's why he went out of his way to send Jesus. He wants everyone to come to repentance, and so should we. And we should invite them into that repentance. We should invite them into the family of God. We should take them from glory to glory. We can bring them into the family of God by manifesting the fruit of the Spirit and letting them see that we live our lives differently because of what's inside of us, because of the difference and the brand new lives that we've been given in Christ. So check this out. Here's a couple more definitions I just want to run by you here real quick. I think they'll, you'll enjoy them. There's four of them here. Long-suffering means to endure hardship or wrong without complaining or without thought of vengeance. It can also be translated as forbearance, meaning patient and self-controlled when subject to annoyance or provocation. Number three, enduring persecution without allowing it to affect your peace, your complete connection with the Lord. In other words, whatever you're dealing with, it's not interfering with your awareness of the presence of the Lord. Not allowing a situation to cause you to stumble. And number four, an ability to suppress annoyance by avoiding improper anger. Now, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be the potential for anger. Ephesians tells us really to put off all anger, that we should forgive and we should, we should as Jesus said, look, if, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other one to him, right? Because our hope is for the benefit of that person to see Christ and to experience the presence and the power of God, that they would repent and they would come and experience the same thing that we have as being born again. And so it's so important for us to love 
well and to be patient, not only with the world around us, but we need to be patient with each other in the, in the body of Christ. We need to have all of our conversations full of grace and seasoned with salt that it would give edification. It would extend grace to the hearer, that, that they would repent, that they would change, that they would come back into the truth. You know, Scripture talks about in the last days a great falling away. And so we want to be patient with other people. At the same time, we want to hold the line of truth and conviction. We want to make sure that we're, we're, we have good doctrines and we watch our lives and our doctrines closely because by it we will save both ourselves and our hearers, is what Paul told Timothy. And so we want to have sound doctrine, but we need to be patient as well so that people will come into repentance. And Jesus really modeled this really greatly for us. Think about it this way. Even when he was on trial with Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate was like, hey, listen, man, don't you know that I'll have the power to crucify you or to set you free? Like, how come you're not answering me? Why won't you answer my questions? And Jesus is like, look, look, I am resting in the fact that God has everything in control. Now, he didn't say that, but he made this statement. He said, listen, you would have no power to crucify me unless it was given to you by my father. So in other words, there has to be a mindset in our lives that understands God is, is fully aware of the situations that we are in. He watches us. We're his children. You know, any good parent doesn't just let their kid go outside and run around. They pay attention. They know where their child is. They don't just let them, you know, go and run into a tree or go and run into traffic. They pay attention. And God is omnipresent and he's constantly aware and he's watching us. And he sees everything that's happening around us. And he's just waiting for us to reveal Jesus to the world. In fact, scripture tells us all creation is groaning for the sons of God to be made manifest. And so for us to be made manifest to the world, that in this world we'd be like Jesus. And so we see this modeled in the life of Christ. He's on the cross. They're mocking him. They've already beat him. They've whipped him. They pulled out his beard. They've spit in his face. They've punched him in the face. Right? They've given him a mock trial. And even in the midst of all of this, they tell him, look, if you really are the Messiah, then come down from there and prove it to us. And Jesus stays up on the cross and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, I want to tell you about patience in that moment. I want to tell you about long suffering, that he suffered in that moment. And he could have easily, if he wanted to, come down from the cross and said, boom, look, I'm the son of God. What are you going to do now? But if he would have gotten off that cross, you and I and all those people standing there and all the people on the day of Pentecost never would have been able to be saved because Jesus wouldn't have died and he wouldn't have resurrected. And if he didn't die, he wouldn't resurrect. And if he didn't resurrect, then our faith is in vain, is what Paul said. And so his long suffering on the cross for the sake of the world and for other people, brought salvation to others. And on the day of Pentecost, we see that. All, all these Jewish people that were there for the Feast of Pentecost, all got 3,000 got saved, and then 5,000 got saved later. And then on top of that, we read that many priests and Pharisees and Sadducees came to the faith, and they became obedient to the way. Why? All because Jesus was willing to be long suffering so my friends i just want to encourage you today we have to be long suffering we have to submit to the holy spirit not just for ourselves not just so that we can walk in peace not so that we can just walk in the fruit of the spirit but so that the world would come to know 
the reality of the kingdom of God. Today, I challenge you, step into grace, step into faith, and receive the fruit of the Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive what He has for you so that you too can walk in patience. I bless you. I thank you for listening to this today. I love you. I'm encouraging you to step into the fullness of what He has for you, the wonderful inheritance among the saints that you would know, that you would know, that you would have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So, Father, I thank you for releasing grace and patience to your people right now, that they would understand the fullness of what the availability of the kingdom is to them, and so that we can go out and we can win the world through our love, through our obedience, through laying down our lives, that we would overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and that we would not love our lives so much so as to shrink back from death, but rather we would be long-suffering for the sake of the people around us so that they can see and taste that you are good. If you have found the Lord and you have heard His voice today, do not harden your heart. He is calling you into a deeper place, a deeper walk in the Spirit. And so I bless you to walk in the Spirit. If you have any questions or comments, I encourage you, get a hold of me. Send me a message on Facebook or maybe contact me through YouTube or whatever channel you're listening to this through. Reach out. I'd love to pray for you. My wife and I would love to pray for you. My wife, my daughter, and I would love to pray for you. We have friends and many people that would love to intercede on your behalf to step into this thing. So hang on just a moment. Hang on with me for just a moment. I have a few more things I want to share with you with this little clip at the end. And God bless you to walk as Jesus walked. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Stay tuned right now. Here it comes. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Hey, I wanted to just connect with you, share with you some other ways that you can be encouraged in your faith in Christ Jesus through Fruit of the Vine Ministries. You can visit our website at fruitofthevineministries.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. We have our statement of faith on there. There's a lot of encouraging books, literature, things that you can get your hands on. There's, there's some good meat in there for you to be continually encouraged in. You can also contact us by sending us an email through Fruit of the Vine Ministries at gmail.com, right here in the form on the website. Also, you can connect with us on Facebook at Fruit of the Vine Ministries Ohio. So if you go on Facebook, it's Fruit of the Vine Ministries Ohio. You'll find the Fruit of the Vine Ministries logo. And from there, just like the page and you'll get encouraging scriptures. You'll get encouraging memes, things that you can share with your friends to say, Hey, listen, I follow Yeshua Jesus. I want to give you another opportunity that some people take to take advantage of. Our P.O. Box, you can write us a letter. You can let us know how you've been encouraged and strengthened in your face. And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, you can also send a check and you can help us and support financially what Father is doing here. It's P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And you can make that out to John Davison. There's also a link to, to give on our uh, website as well. Podcasts are available as well through podbean.com. Go to Fruit of the Vine Ministries on podbean.com. Just 
click the subscribe and follow, and you can follow some of the latest podcasts. Sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short, sometimes they're just very short, encouraging messages. And I just wanted to give you an outlet so that you can, hey, listen, if God moves on you and you want more, if you want more of Jesus, we want to give you every ounce of grace that God has given to us. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely given. We want to encourage the church to walk in power, strength, holiness, righteousness, completely covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, walking as normal Christians in the supernatural and seeing friends, neighbors, loved ones, co-workers coming to faith, salvation knowledge in Yeshua HaMashiach. So thank you very much for spending your time with us today. And God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom.